Great. Great to see you this evening. Doing well? Wasn't that a wonderful worship time? It was really, really good. God is doing stuff amongst us and with us and for us, which is really good. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that, Lord, we find ourselves here, Lord, and it's not an accident that we're in this place. Father, thank you for your divine purpose and your divine call. And Father, I pray upon every one of us right now that, Lord, there would be something of your spirit that, Lord, would spark and enliven who you are within us, that we, Lord, are created in your image. Lord, set apart for such a time as this, for, Lord, in this city, in this place. And Father, I pray that, Lord, your kingdom come and your will be done through each one of us for the glory of your name and through us as a church body and the church of the Waikato, that, Lord, the name of Jesus would be made famous. And everyone said, Amen. Great. Well, I'm looking forward um, to hearing next week. Jay's going to come along and share with Daz Chero all the way from Christchurch. So that's going to be wonderful. And you, yeah, let's give it up for them. And, um, and of course, you both went to the States, to the Reinhold Bonnke uh, School of Evangelism, I believe. And you'll be sharing parts of that, no doubt. So really looking forward to hearing that, Jay. So wonderful. Rhoda, thank you for saying the Lord's Prayer today. Rhoda, in all three gatherings, has spoken the Lord's Prayer in Swahili. So let's give it up for her. That's wonderful. Really appreciate that. And of course, Sally and Kit, thank you. It's so very, very good. And thank you, Josh, for reminding us about faith commitment cards. I remember one year hearing your story um, about how it went something like this. You, you sought the Lord on a figure that you and Ruth sort of give. Uh, it doesn't matter what the figure was, but you sought the Lord. And, and as the year was going through, I think you're going, how are we going to make this happen, Lord? How is this actually going to realize? And I don't know if it was a secondhand window you had on your house or something like that, but it was brought to your attention and you put it somewhere on trade me or sold it. And then this finance came in. And I don't know if that story is quite right, but the, oh, it was your story, Sally. Okay, well, I've got them a bit mixed up. But the thing was, faith was active. And putting trust in God, and God provided. And so I want to really encourage you to prayfully consider what you should give to uh, uh, missions this year for 2018 slash 19. It's going to be wonderful. So fantastic. Well, this year, um, uh, well, this evening, I want to look at making disciples. But before we go there, wasn't last Sunday evening fantastic with the panel? That was really something, you know. Uh, it was something we've never done before. Uh, somebody came up to me afterwards and said, that should have gone for an hour and a half. Another person said, that was a bit over my head, but man, I loved it. And, um, and so, you know, I, I really am appreciative of the feedback. One young person came up to me and said, do you know, I'm not really worried how God made the universe, whether it was in six actual days or whether it was many, many, uh, millions of years. One thing I know is God made the heavens and the earth. And I thought, that is great. That's the outcome we're looking for. And when young people take that approach, whether you go to university and believe in six literal days and somebody says 14 billion years, yeah, that's fine. I'm not arguing how, but my faith is anchored in God, and that's the key thing. And isn't that the important thing? And so I was so pleased to hear that sort of feedback. Well, this evening, I want to look at this whole process of making disciples. And this is a key topic for missions. And uh, in my opinion, I don't think, generally speaking, the church has honored the discipleship-making process as it should have. 
Because here's the thing, disciples make disciples. Disciples reproduce after their own kind. And a couple of years ago, Wendy and I were at the X Church Conference in the UK, and there was a, a man who came up, he was a businessman, and he was sharing with the, the conference um, how he would work with young people, young people that were struggling in their faith and young people that were struggling in business. And uh, what he would do, he would take them through six lessons in the book of Proverbs on how to be a successful business person. But um, he had in mind, if they were non-believers, he was going to lead them to Christ. And if they were just on the outskirts of church, he was going to see them come closer to the things of God. And so he shared uh, his story. And then two of these young men um, spoke that evening of how he had impacted their lives. And uh, what he was doing was discipling people in their faith. And these people that were, um, well, a couple of these people were unbelievers, became followers of Jesus. Those that were on the edge of their faith were now devout followers of Jesus. And I thought, isn't that beautiful? The discipleship making process is at work. And no matter where you are today, whether you're a mature believer or whether you're starting out in your journey with Christ, is the thing Jesus says, I've called you to be a disciple maker. A disciple maker. Who wants to be a disciple maker? I think we should all be saying yes and amen. And uh, what I'm going to share this evening, uh, Grant McAllister, one of our missionaries in China, he's been there for over 20 years, 22 years, uh, said that what I'm going to show you this evening is the most effective tool he's used in Asia to see people come to Christ and church planted. I met a, a pastor from China last year. Uh, the, the figures are staggering. He oversees a church of 20 million believers. And this is how they train and build their disciples. So we're going to have a bit of a look at it tonight. It's going to be interactive. I'm, ask, I'm going to ask you to jump out of your seats a little bit later on, grab a bit of paper, write down a few things. And we're going to hear from Nicole and Rebecca a little bit later on too on some of their thoughts with things. So here's what Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So they, there are the concluding words of Matthew 28, the last chapter of the book of Matthew. And Jesus, before that, says, I've been given all power and all authority in heaven and earth. And because he's been given all power, because he's been given all authority, here's what's called the Great Commission. Go and make disciples. And so we have the great commandment to love one another, and we have the great commission. Our purpose on earth is to make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so <clears throat> some of you may be familiar with this. Um, Grant McAllister and I and a few others were at a conference last year called uh, Disciple Making Movements. And uh, the pastor that was leading this was an American guy. He was in his late 60s, early 70s. He's used this simple process, which I'm going to outline this evening, and he oversees a church now of 8 million believers, mainly in Asia, and, some, and, and a growing number of people in Australia and in Western churches in America. And uh, they don't count people as part of their church unless they've been water baptized. So people may attend their church, but unless they've been water baptized, they're, they're not actually included in their numbers. And so what I want to show you this evening, we're going to look at a couple of scriptures. And um, the first one is John 15, 17. Who can remember this one? Okay, here we go. We're going to do it this way. I just want you to turn to your neighbor. When I hold up four fingers, it's the first four words 
of John 15, 17. This is my command. And then the next three words, love each other of John 15, 17. So what I'd like you to do is turn to your neighbor. We've done this a couple of weeks ago. Is hold up four fingers and say, this is my command. Turn to your neighbor, four fingers, this is my command. One more time. A little bit more convincing. Very good. Three fingers, love each other. Turn to your neighbor, love each other, love each other, love each other. Okay, what I'm going to do this time is I'm going to hold four fingers to this side, and you guys are going to say it to this side, and then I'm going to hold three fingers to you guys. I'll just make sure I hold them that way. <laughs> and you're going to say, love each other to that. So here we go, guys. One more time. Very good. And one more time all together. Well done. John 15 verse 17. Very, very good. So what I'd like you to do is to jump out of your seats. Grab some paper. There's pens at the front. So if you just feel free to jump out of your seats right now. And just come up and grab some paper. And you can do this in pairs, by the way, uh, if that's easier for you, no problem. I hope you've got paper and pen. And what I'd like to do is hold your, your sheet landscape-wise, meaning like this, and just draw three columns. They look like that. Three columns. So it's very straightforward, very simple. This is what Grant McAllister does in China. He says this is the most effective way to see people come to Jesus. And he's been a missionary for 22 years. So at the top of the left-hand column, just like I've got up there, write the word Scripture. Write the word Scripture. Once you've written the word scripture, then if you can write John 15, 17, this is my command, love each other. Isn't it a beautiful scripture? This is my command, love each other. The four fingers, three fingers. You better get up in the morning in the shower go, this is my command, love each other. Go into the mirror. 
This is my command. Love each other. Be kind to yourself for the day. So how are we going with that? We've got the scripture written. How does that feel writing out that scripture? Feels good? It's a good thing to do, isn't it? Good thing to do, write out that scripture. What I'd like you to do in pairs is to discuss that very briefly and go, how would I write that in my own words? For example, you might say, well, this is how I would write in my words. Hi, guys. I've got a great thing for you. It's not a good suggestion. It's not even a great suggestion. It's not even a good idea. This is really important to me. I'm calling it my command to you. And it's this, love one another. Give unselfishly to one another. That's what life's all about. That's what I want you to do. So I've just expressed that verse in my own words. So I'd like you to just take a couple of minutes to discuss it with one another and then write it down in your own words. Once you've done that, then Nicole and Rebecca are going to come and share what they've written with us. going, doing well. Thank you, Stanley, for your musical accompaniment. It's absolutely wonderful. This is my command, love each other. Now you're putting it in your own words. We're doing okay there, Sam? Doing good with that? Great. Going well, Dylan, Zach? Going good with that? Cool. Few more moments, and we're going to hear from Nicole, and then uh, Rebecca will come and share with us. Okay, Nicole, while people are still carrying on, um, why don't you come and share what you've written? And Nicole has done this previously. She was um, given a bit of notice about this, so let's hear it from Nicole. Let's give it up for her. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Ash. Glad to see you got my back like normal. Um, yeah, so I just wrote, uh, Jesus commands us to love each other. He doesn't make it as a suggestion or something that we should merely think about. No, he commands us to love each other. For Jesus to speak so strongly about this, it highlights to us how important this is for us to grasp and start living out. The challenge for us then is how will we choose to love the people around us? How will we love the difficult, the annoying, and the frustrating people in our lives? 
Excellent. Thank you so much, Nicole. That's wonderful. Great. Rebecca, would you like to come and share what you have? Let's give it up for Rebecca as she comes. Okay, that's on. Um, I wrote that if there's one rule you base your life by um, that you follow wholeheartedly, let it be to love those around you no matter what, no matter their religion, sexuality, ethnicity, or gender. Let love be the focus of all things. Beautiful. Can you read that one more time? I thought that was really, really good. I didn't actually read off this one. So oh, wow. Well. Okay, all right. Well, we'll <laughs> leave it at that. I made up half of it on the spot. You're a bit of a star then. <laughs> How's that for on the spot? My word. Who needs a few more moments to finish what they're doing? Okay, that's really, really cool. What I'd like us to do right now, can you just pray with me? I just want to pray about what you've written in your own words. Father, thank you for the scripture, this most profound scripture. This is my command. Love each other. Seven words, so simple yet so powerful and so life-changing. That, Lord, within it we're family. Lord, a place to belong, a place to call home, a place that is ours. Father, as we've discussed and expressed this in our own words, Father, I pray that, Lord, it's a message we can tell ourselves and it's a message we can tell others. It's a message we can tell our family members. It's a message that we can tell our friends. And, Father, I pray your word would be so lodged and so deeply placed in our hearts that, Lord, it would work in us, Lord, when we're awake and when we are sleeping. So truly we can walk in this command to love one another in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. The next thing to do is to write a couple of action points. It could be one or it could be two. So what an example of an action point would be, I'm going to write out a prayer for myself. That's my action point. And my prayer would be, Lord, fill me with your love so I can keep your command and love others the way you want me to be. That's an example of an action point. Another example might be, I need to find out how I can love others. Lord, lead me on a journey of how I can find out to love others. And so what I'd like you to do is just to take a couple of moments and discuss with the person next to, uh, next to you um, about a couple of action points, one or two, that you could take from this. We're going okay with that? So how this format works, what, what Grant and Vicky do in China and what this pastor who oversees a church of 8 million believers, what they do, they work in small groups, twos, threes, fours, five, and they take this three columns approach. They choose a scripture, they write the scripture down, they discuss it, they express it in their own words for the purpose of share, sharing in their own words with somebody else, a family member, a friend, a work colleague. They list a couple of action points that when they meet next time, 
they can check how they've gone with those action points. And gradually, as they work through scriptures, they are growing and following the teaching of Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Such a simple and easy process to follow. Here's another great scripture I want to leave with you as a, a, a thought to take into your small groups. Luke chapter 6, verse 46 to 49 is the story when Jesus said, build your house on the rock. The storms of life come along. Um, but if it's built on me, it's going to be strong and secure. Don't build your life on the sand. I wrote that in my own words. Do you want to hear that in my own words? You ready for this? This is my own words. It's a little bit long, but I really like writing this in my own words. Hi, guys. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? Don't you think it's a bit on a nose, a bit two-faced? Here's the thing. Each person's life is like a house. And let me tell you, there are two different ways to build. The first is my favorite. This is how I want you to build your life. When someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows and obeys it, they are building their life on the most solid of foundations. They're building their life on me, the immovable, solid, and immensely strong rock. This rock is solid as. And the house is well anchored to this rock, and the storms of life come along like sickness, losing your job, your car breaking down on the motorway, even being persecuted for your faith. You know, this house is going to stand strong. Sure, the paint might be a little bit weathered and there might be a bit of debris around, but that house will stand firm and strong because it is built secure and solid on the rock. I'm the rock and my teachings anchor you rock solid onto me. When a person hears and doesn't obey, even if they have good intentions to obey, they're like a house built right on the ground, on the sand. Their house is not even anchored to a foundation. It's useless. And just like the other house, it experiences the floods and storms, just like we saw with Saitlin Gita early in the year. Well, that house will collapse in a heap of ruins. I don't want you living like this, but it's your choice. Do yourself a favor. Build your life on the rock. So get cracking and always be ready and eager to listen and obey me. Give me a call if you're unsure on anything and we'll sort it out together. So that's Luke 6, 46, 49 in my own words. And it's a beautiful thing to do. And I want to really encourage you in your Activate groups or in your small groups is to take the opportunity and do that. And I'm sure some of you are familiar with this. But the next thing I want to touch very briefly and very quickly um, is to take these scriptures and to learn how to meditate as Jesus wants us to how to meditate. This is what the Word says. Joshua 1.8, study this book of instruction continuously. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Psalm 119.15, I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. 2 Timothy 2.15, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Who's up for that? Who's up for that tonight? Yeah? Work hard to present yourself to God, to receive His approval. We're serious about disciple-making. We're serious about taking this great commission of winning God's approval by studying His word. And so the Scriptures point out the way to do that, or one of the ways, is to meditate. And meditating... I want to encourage you, is a process of internal dialogue. When I talk to Josh, that's conversational dialogue. It's out loud. When I'm meditating, it's an internal dialogue. And the word meditation means to mutter, to think, to mull over. 
And a lot of people, when they think of meditation, they think of Eastern meditation where somebody just empties their mind and nothing's in it. That is not biblical meditation. Biblical meditation is your mind is active and it's focused on a target thing, a portion of Scripture specifically. And so we're called to be alert. Uh, When you look at Scripture, get to know the context, customs, character, and culture of the people. I'm just going to go through this quite quickly. Repeat a passage over a number of times for an extended period. And uh, when you have a scripture, for example, like this is my command, love each other. We're going to also look at another scripture, uh, Romans 15 verse 13, briefly. Is your thoughts are like a river. When you go through the scripture, let this river of thought flow. We're going to look at the law of first mention. and We're going to bounce from scripture to scripture. So just very quickly, this is what we're going to do. When you write a verse out to meditate upon, is write the verse and under each word write a number with the expectation God will talk with you and be ready to ask questions and generate dialogue with the Lord on it. So here we go. Here's a scripture. I'm doing this very, very quickly. I'd like to take more time, but we haven't got the time. But I love this scripture. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. And here's the thing you do. You take the first word, I, and you write the number 100. And the second word, pray, you write two, that, three, God, four, and so on and so forth. And then we're going to go through each word and tease the word out. And so we chew the word to renew the mind. And here's the thing. I asked Jesus, this is in 2014. I said, Jesus, how do you meditate on them? Well, how did you meditate on Scripture? And this is what he told me to do. I'm not saying it's the only way, but this is what the Lord told me to do. Take a Scripture, write a number under it, and chew the word over. And so here's the first word, I. And you can draw a picture beside it. You know, I said, look at the law of first mention when the word I was first mentioned in the Bible. The first time it's mentioned is in Genesis 1, and it's mentioned three times. And it's about the Lord, and this is what it says of God. I give, I give, and I give. Isn't it amazing? The first time the word I is mentioned in Scripture, and each time it's God saying, I give, I give, I give. The next three times it's mentioned in Genesis 1 and 2, it's relationship to man. I hid, I was ashamed, I'm naked. Isn't that interesting? So let's carry on further with the letter or the word I. I'm created in the image of God. I have a unique fingerprint. I have a mouth to speak God's word. I have the mind to think the thoughts of Christ. I have hands that can do God's work. I have feet that can go and do God's word. And all I'm doing is teasing the word I out. Can you see what I'm doing here? So you take a scripture and you tease it out and you tease it out and you keep drawing and you keep drawing. The second one, pray. The first time prayer is mentioned in the Old Testament, it's a Hebrew word, and it means turn your head to the one who is strong. That's the first mention of the word prayer in Hebrew. Turn your head to the one who is strong. And I love that picture. I love going when I was was young, I used to do this to the Lord. Lord, help, help. It's a good thing to do when you're in a difficult place. And there's many different types of prayer, isn't there? And so we go on. It goes, God, 
God is the one who provides all our need. And you can exhaust your thinking on God. God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And throughout the scriptures, you can just tease more and more out about who God is and his majestic power and authority. There is no limit to who he is or no limit to what he can do. God is the source. It all flows from him. It's not my job. It's not my family. It's not my friends. It's not even the church. The source of all life comes from Jesus himself. Hope, the expectation of good. There's a lot of things that happen in our world where people can lose hope and be in despair. But Jesus says, look to me, anchor your hope in me. And God will completely fill you. He will overflow your life. You can look to possessions, they will never fill you. You can look to fame, that will never do it. You can look to other things, but it's only the Lord who completely fills us with joy, a sense of overflowing, joy in the spirit, with peace. Just imagine yourself there on the beach in Fiji or Hawaii, putting your feet up. Trust. He's the one we can trust in. And so what I've done with that scripture, I've drawn these pictures. And as you meditate on it, and you can spend absolute hours in this one scripture, or that scripture, John 15. But now you can just look at the picture that's been drawn. And I can read that scripture by looking at the picture. And here it is. I pray that God, the source of all hope, will completely fill you with joy and peace as you trust in Him. Isn't that beautiful? And as you meditate on the scripture, your mind has been transformed. And if you can get into a small group and draw three columns and write a scripture and put it in your own words and take a few action points and then tease it out further by taking each word and putting a number to it and teasing out, I, I'm created in the image of God. I have a unique sound. I have my own thoughts. I can interact with God. As you go through that process, you are being transformed to become like Jesus. You are being intentional about it. And if the Lord said to you tonight, go to Africa, go to China, I'm calling you to be a missionary, you can put your hand up and go, I know what to do. I know how to make disciples. Grant McAllister says this is the most effective way of 22 years of being a missionary. A man, a pastor who oversees a church of 8 million believers says this is the most effective way to grow believers in Jesus because it's so simple and it's so easy and anyone can do it and it can be done in any small group. Owen and I, and I'm going to conclude with this, are starting a group called Activating Discipleship. We had our first meeting on Tuesday, and, uh, and we're going through a number of lessons through the book of Proverbs with a small group doing exactly this thing, aren't we, Owen? And it's been, in your words, it's wonderful. Oh, for awesome, says Owen. I'm going through this very same process with a person who's been in our church for only six months. It's a brand new believer. He's been sitting in our church for six months, and we were going through a scripture doing this. And at the end of it, I said, let's pray. 
And as I said, let's pray, his face went white. He said, I don't know how to pray. And so we prayed together. Taught him how to do that. And so he could be church and church for years. But here's a small group environment. And he's becoming a disciple of Jesus. And so I want to encourage every one of you to go home this week and do what we've spoken about tonight. Tonight's very practical. It's a very how-to thing. But in your small group or by yourself, do the three columns. Go through that process of meditation. Take a word. Tease it out. The next word. Tease it out. The next word. Tease it out. The next word. Tease it out. And ask the Lord to direct you through it. And I can assure you, as the Word gets in you, the Word is going to work in you and transform you to be a disciple maker for His glory. Isn't that a good thing? And I love it that we can do it on earth, here, right in Hamilton, and we can do it around the world uh, with our missionaries and through our missionaries and see churches planted for the glory of God. So can we pray as we close? Father, thank You that You've called us to be disciples, to be disciple makers to be followers of Jesus. And Jesus, I ask that you lay your hand on every person here this evening. You place your hand on every person's head through your spirit. And just while every eye is closed and every head is bowed, if there's something stirring in your heart tonight, you're going, I want to be a disciple maker, not only in this country or this city, but in a foreign country. Maybe it's in China, maybe it's in Japan, maybe it's in Africa, maybe it's somewhere in Europe, maybe it's somewhere else in Asia. If that's you, can you give me a wave? That's great. Cool. Cool. Father, I pray that, Lord, the further to serve you will be stirred in our hearts. And that, Lord, whether we do this individually or in small groups or in wider fields, that, Lord, we will grow and truly be those disciples of Jesus. That, Lord, we will be people that, Lord, belong to you and in that have a great sense of belonging amongst us as we grow and journey. Wherever we are on this stage of growth and journey, we give you all the praise. We give you all the thanks in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. Thanks, Josh. Thank you, Pastor Ray.